You know, today we're going to be beginning a new series. And that series is going to be all about redeeming rituals. And today, of course, we're talking about Holy Communion. We will have our first in-person worship service in seven months today uh, on our Meadowbrook parking lot. And this service is going to be one that uh, uh, we know is going to be meaningful to all of us who gather. And we know that we'll be streaming as well to our um, members and guests who are watching from literally all over the country, all over the world. You know, each and every Sunday from here on out as we gather in person, whether it's outside or here in uh, this beautiful sanctuary or in the other venues, we're going to realize that this church gathers and yet we also go out with our worship services through our live streaming, right? And are literally meeting thousands of people there in their homes. Uh, we know we've had the radio broadcast on WRR 101.1 for many years at 9.30. And we continue to have that service that reaches literally thousands of people every week. So God has blessed us here with a word that we take out in this particular series. It's about redeeming rituals and the Christian tradition. I think it'd be uh, well for us today to define what we mean by a ritual. A ritual is a ceremony of action performed in a customary way. A ritual means conforming to religious rites, which are the sacred customary ways of celebrating a religion or a culture. Today, the ancient words we hear that center this ancient supper uh, for us who are Christians, took place a long time ago, uh, 2,000 years ago. And we're remembering that after the supper experience that changed the world and, and changed life forever for not only those followers of Jesus 2,000 years ago, but still changes the world today. The event was uh, perhaps once referred to as the Last Supper, the Last Supper of the Lord uh, here on earth in bodily form, but we know that it was not the last supper of our Lord. It is the Lord's Supper. Or sometimes we call it the Eucharist, our Holy Communion. And today we're not experiencing Holy Communion, but we uh, are preparing ourselves um, when we go outside today to experience Holy Communion on this first Sunday of the month, which is our Methodist tradition to always celebrate Holy Communion at least on the first Sunday of the month. And here at Lover's Lane, we want to celebrate Holy Communion each and every week in at least one of our services. Today, we're going to talk about three different kinds of suppers related to the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion and uplift aspects of our faith and messages that we must never forget. The suppers that we're going to be dealing with today are three. Gethsemane, Bethany, and Emmaus suppers. And what those suppers say to us today. You know, we can't examine the ancient words of institution without understanding the words of Jesus. Remember me. Of course, the disciples who walked and talked with Jesus 
could remember him cognitively. It was easy for them to remember him even after he had uh, ascended into heaven. They could remember the words that Jesus said with their minds. And, and yet we realize that the words of institution that we have are, are not necessarily the words that we have in the Gospels, but Paul gives us those words of institution. And Paul never met Jesus uh, in the flesh. He met Jesus personally in the spirit on the Damascus road as Jesus came to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and Paul knew that he had encountered the living Lord. And it was such a powerful experience for him. He considered himself an apostle. And an apostle was one who had to experience the, the presence of the physical Jesus and be one of those closest to him. So Paul, who never really met Jesus in person to our knowledge, no account of that. I think he would have said something about it if he had have met him. What does he mean when he says to us, Jesus said, remember me? He's not talking about a, um, a cognitive experience of remembering. He's talking about what we are called to do as we come together to celebrate Holy Communion and the risen Lord. We come together to remember, to center ourselves uh, as a community of faith gathered in the name of Jesus and around those words that people have passed on by faith through the ages. Holy Communion became a ritual of the living presence of the body of Christ, broken and spilled out for you and for me. Aren't you thankful for that? That's why we call it the great thanksgiving. It's because the Lord has done for us in such a great way what we could not do for ourselves. He's offered us forgiveness and eternal life. Today I want to share about these three experiences or suppers, and I want to center first on the Gethsemane Supper. Now a photo is going to come up right now, which is a, a photo of an experience that I had in January, just before COVID-19 shut things down. This is an, a, a, a photo of the Gethsemane Garden. Uh, well manicured today with groundskeepers around the clock. It perhaps didn't look exactly like this. But interestingly enough, some of the olive trees in this garden were present in, in a much smaller form in the day of Jesus. I am so glad that I had that experience because we remember that the first supper is the one at Gethsemane. That was when Jesus transformed the Passover meal for his disciples into a supper that centered on the sacrifice to be made on the cross. And Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Remember me. And on the evening of his betrayal, he left the companionship of the disciples and he took with him his closest uh, entourage, his, his circle of confidants. He took with him Peter, James, and John to go into the garden for Jesus to pray. Now, now praying was something Jesus did a lot. And so the disciples knew when Jesus was going to pray that he was looking for some alone time and yet some companionship of people who would pray with him. We know it was hard for the disciples to stay awake. But Jesus' Gethsemane Supper became 
a, a meal of remembrance that focuses on um, the, the suffering that Jesus had, the, the understanding of betrayal that he had from uh, some of his closest followers. And, and I like to think of the Gethsemane Supper as being one that expresses the vertical beam of the cross, the vertical beam. Because the Gethsemane Supper is looking up to God, not what I want, Jesus said, but what you want is what I want. Your will is my will, Jesus said. And he was looking up. He was centering himself on that holy experience of who God is who can deal with us. Our Lord relates to us in the midst of our brokenness, our barriers, and our betrayals. That's what the Gethsemane Supper is all about. A Lord who is with us in the midst of our brokenness, our barriers, and our betrayals. You know, I remember an experience that I had several years ago. I remember it because I'm on a, um, a Facebook group with a, a group of friends who are former offenders. They were once incarcerated. And many of them I've known for 20 plus years through our prison ministry. And I love the fact that they're keeping up with each other as they're uh, coming back into society. They're encouraging one another. They're praying for one another. And I have thought about that humble beginning of Lover's Lane's connection with those in prison, particularly in the Powledge unit back more than 20 years ago. I remember that very first experience that we had. There were 22 um, um, inmates who had gathered there, assembled by the chaplain there in uh, the prison unit. And it was uh, uh, myself and a layman named uh, uh, Kent Bicknell who gathered with those uh, inmates to do the Alpha Course, an 11-week short course on Christianity. And we were going to come every week, every week, every week, until we completed that course with those 22 men, men who were chosen because they were leaders in the church there on the unit. I remember the first session as we uh, sat there together and uh, we were... Uh, learning one another's names and where um, everybody was coming from to this place. Um, we, we were learning from them about their families or about the brokenness uh, related to their families. We were hearing things, some who have expressed a, a concern for the, the, the crimes that they had committed and a remorse in essence. It was it was a sharing like I'd never really experienced before. And, and right behind us, right behind us, was a, a little table that was set up. And, and on that little table was a silver plate. And, and, and there was um, little pieces of bread. And, and there were little cups under a golden colored tray. And these little cups were filled with grape juice. And it was apparent that as we gathered, uh, that we were going to gather around the ritual, the redeeming ritual of Holy Communion. You know, oftentimes I think we forget that Holy Communion is, is really a time for us to remember the Lord is serving up forgiveness. 
Remembering the Lord is serving up forgiveness. And as we heard those confessions of, of wrongs that had been done and of, of, of heartaches and, 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 and despair that some were expressing, we knew we were um, among sisters and brothers. In that case, it was all brothers, but we were a part of the body of Christ. And confidently, we were, we were sharing in confidence about who we were, broken, experiencing barriers, in some cases betrayal. And we broke the bread and we drank the juice. And, and afterwards we asked, what is your prayer for what this uh, group for 11 weeks will be about? What do you hope will happen. And one of the members of that group, a man named Unc, we love Unc, he's out now and he's preaching the word of God. He said, I hope that the fire will break out in the hearts of the men in this prison unit and it will become a unit of Christians. It was such a powerful statement. And we asked him to pray and he, he elaborated to God about his concern and about his hope. And 20 years later, I'm told that more than 9,000 people in prison units, not just Pallage, but at one time we were going to five different units every week. We still go to Pallage uh, twice a week when all of the COVID is gone. 9,000 people have come to a relationship with Jesus Christ or a closer relationship with Jesus Christ through understanding the forgiveness aspect of this meal. We want to remember the Lord is serving up forgiveness when the Lord is present at Holy Communion. The second supper I want to talk about is the experience of the Bethany Supper. Bethany is a little town just outside of Jerusalem. And Bethany was a common stopover as Jesus uh, stayed there with his friend Lazarus and uh, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha. And we remember this meal that Jesus had in their home, how uh, Martha was so busy preparing the meal and Mary was sitting there at the feet of Jesus, taking in what he had to say, learning from what he had to say as Martha was preparing for the supper. Well, we, we, we also know that uh, Martha's feelings were hurt and she expressed her feelings to Jesus. And, and, and so we know that Mary and Martha's sisters, they didn't see eye to eye. In fact, their personalities were so different. And yet we learn something from the Bethany Supper. Jesus extended himself outward to his friends and to his followers, to Lazarus, to Mary, and, and to Martha as examples of how he extended himself to all people. And in Bethany suppers, we accentuate that horizontal beam of the cross as if it's Christ's outstretched hands embracing a world in need. Bethany suppers are in the family or they're in the church or in the school where conflict sometimes arises. Are you aware of that? 
We need to realize as Christians that, that the, the, the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, is also about Bethany's suppers. When, when we gather as those who are sisters and brothers, and sometimes we're not always getting along. Sometimes we're, uh, we're, we're tweeting or we're, we're, we're posting in ways that are offensive to others and hurtful. And, and most of the time, I would hope, we certainly don't intend it that way, but that's the way it comes across. And we need to realize it's Jesus who is there waiting for us in the midst of the supper, wanting to draw us together and center us on his words of love in this Bethany supper. We remember the words of Jesus after supper He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is of my blood, the blood of the new covenant, uh, to be with you. And each time we drink from it, we remember that Jesus said, Love as I have loved you. Now that's raising the bar, isn't it? We are called as Christians, sisters and brothers, through the Bethany Supper experience, to love as Jesus has loved us. Remember as we eat the bread and drink the cup that the Lord is serving up forgiveness here today and He is calling us to forgive one another. The third type of dining experience of Jesus. I'm going to uh, refer to as the Emmaus suppers. In the 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, it is a literal shadow of the cross only hours after the crucifixion. As um, there were two, Cleopas and another unnamed companion, uh, who were on the road uh, out of Jerusalem. They were um, heading toward Emmaus. They were, um, they were so depressed, so down, uh, so beaten down because this one whom they had followed had been crucified, executed as a criminal. They were so very, very sad when all of a sudden um, Jesus came and, and, and was walking with them. They didn't recognize him, but it was the risen Lord Jesus. And, and, and he, he was invited by them because of the wisdom that he had and shared with them as they walked and talked to have supper with them. And as it's recorded in that 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us while he was speaking to us on the road? How he was opening the scriptures to us? And then in the midst of the supper, in the breaking of the bread, they recognized who Jesus was. And and they recognized that it was was the spirit of the living God who was causing that burning within them, that strangely warming of the heart as they experienced the risen Lord on that road to Emmaus and in the breaking of the bread. At the supper. John Wesley said it so very well. As he was really on his own deathbed. And the best of all is. He said. God is with us. 
God is with us in the midst of so much that we experience. And especially when we need to experience that, that warmth, that filling of the Holy Spirit, no matter what the circumstance that we face. I want to share an experience that I remembered this past week. It was perhaps one of the most powerful um, Holy Communion experiences that I have ever had in my life. It was in Atlanta, Georgia at the Georgia Dome of all places with 55,000 other clergy persons from all over the country. Can you imagine that many preachers in one place? And, and we were there for uh, an event that was called Promise Keepers. We know that organization. Well, years ago, it was, it was quite a powerful organization, the bringing together of, of, of clergy, of, of men uh, from all different denominations, all different um, parts of the country, even parts of the world. And we had gathered there for this big event this movement that was uh, going all across the land. And one of the nights when we entered for worship, we were giving a little cup. We have some of these cups. They're, they're like a little creamer cup. And, and the cup was full of, of grape juice. And on the top, there was this little bitty cracker that was sealed with plastic and a tab where you could uh, take the tab off and take the uh, the cracker and then take the larger seal off and you could drink the cup. It was communion, all there contained. Uh, you, you know, it was kind of like McDonald's communion in essence. And, and you might say, you know, it was extraordinarily tacky, but not really. For Max Lucado, the author of, um, uh, and, and preacher, uh, the Church of Christ preacher, I might add, was the speaker for the evening. And he delivered a powerful message of unity, bringing the body of Christ together around the theme of forgiveness and, and around the, the, the common meal of Holy Communion that all Christians at least hold in common is that uh, that calls us to remember. But I thought to myself, Max Lucado is a church of Christ. Church of Christ don't believe in taking communion outside of their local congregation or fellowship and there were roman catholic priests there who embraced this open table this night in the georgia dome and we know that roman catholic priests um, they celebrate a closed table only for uh, roman catholics there were other christians there who um, who in their denominational tradition uh, didn't embrace sharing communion with a, a a body that would be extended beyond their own denomination and yet we shared the common great thanksgiving from holy scriptures from 1 corinthians the 11th chapter as stephen read to us earlier and, and then we were instructed, all 55,000 of us, to take communion. And we, and we took off that little piece of plastic and we took the bread broken for us. And then we, we, we took off that other seal and we drank the cup of the new covenant in Christ's love. And we experienced forgiveness. 
And then we were asked to circle up in circles all across that Georgia dome. There were uh, circles of four or five people in a group and we were praying for one another. We didn't know each other. We, we, were, we, we didn't uh, all come from the same faith backgrounds. And, and yet we were called together by Holy Communion because that's what Holy Communion does. It brings us together around a supper that redeems our lives. We began to sing with the choir, the praise songs that were were being played. And it was such a spiritual experience that I will never, ever, ever forget. And we remember today. We remember that we are those who gather around this redeeming ritual of Holy Communion. And we remember... Um, just as this ring that I found in the Holy Land says in Aramaic, we are one in Christ. One in Christ. And, and we United Methodists believe about the table that it's the Lord's table. And at this table, all are welcome. Because Christ's invitation is to all. And we gather as those who come together for a Gethsemane supper, remembering at this table, that this vertical beam, it's to God that we seek redemption and forgiveness. It's, it's our God who offers us a grace that, that, that is not denied to anyone. And that grace transforms us. It redeems us. It makes us whole. And this supper is also a, 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 a Bethany supper where we understand the open arms of Christ on that horizontal beam and Christ is beckoning us to love one another, to embrace one another, to be kind to one another in His name. And the Holy Spirit will help us do that. And then we also gather as those who experience an Emmaus supper The presence of the living God with us. And our hearts burn within us when we recognize that in the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in me. Helping me to recognize what God has done for me that I can't do for myself. What God beckons us to do by example, loving one another. And God is with us. To see us through. We are one in Christ. And there is no time when we're reminded of that more powerfully than in Holy Communion. The redeeming ritual of Holy Communion. Amen.